0: Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN Plus, from the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe.
1: The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan.
0: Hello, everyone. Linda Cohn, Emily Kaplan. You're in the crease with us. Thank you for listening. Emily, um, you have some news about the Blackhawks.
1: Yeah. The Blackhawks made a coaching change, which was pretty surprising. I was getting my hair cut on Saturday when I got a call saying something. Good to know. It looks beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, uh, luckily the haircut was over when I got the call, um, you know, from some sources within the Blackhawks organization saying they were going to make a change. And look, I think everyone can admit Jeremy Colleton was never put in a position to succeed. Following Coach Quenville, obviously, is tough shoes to follow. And then, you know, being part of this rebuild, having to, you know, manage a lot of veterans on that team, but their performance just was not up to snuff. And if anyone watched that Winnipeg game, that 5 1 score looks generous. Um, something I think it was in-
0: unwatchable. So to answer your question, it was unwatchable <laughs> like most of the season so far for the Blackhawks. And yes, I agree. We've been talking about this. Something had to move, something had to change. It's usually the head coach. Now, Derek King comes in. It's kind of like the situation, not the exact situation, but bringing in a guy in who played, who has a connection with the players, like in Florida, you know, with Andrew Burnett. And it's just, and, it's, it's, and he's inexpensive. Oh, by the way. So I think that's a big reason why they went in that direction, right? With due respect to Derek King, I hope that he is successful. I think it's just
1: like, hey, this is why we have an AHL team, to have a guy that can be ready, that can lead a bench. Um, you know, Jeremy Colleton was Stan Bowman's guy. Nobody loved and believed in Jeremy Colleton quite like Stan Bowman. And once he left, I felt like the writing was on the wall. Something I think is interesting, though, is there are no rushes to make decisions. When I'm talking to people around the Blackhawks and around the league, They haven't, they're just starting the vetting process now for potential GMs or president of hockey ops candidates. Um, Derek King is going to be the coach for the rest of the year. And I do think Kyle Davidson, the one thing that was made very clear to me is the interim GM, Kyle Davidson. This was his choice. Sounds like he's got full autonomy right now. So they might be giving him a bit of an audition to see if he can get this full time job.
0: The other, um, aspect there's so many layers, obviously, of the Blackhawks thing. A guy that has known to have a smile on his face every moment of his life. And I'm talking about Marc-Andre Fleury. It's been a disaster in Chicago. You know, Emily, he moved his family to Chicago. He really tried to wrap his head around the whole move to the Blackhawks from Vegas and how that went down so sadly for him. And uh, we all know it. It's well documented. But this is a mystery to me. And I am, I just feel, and this is sad. I never thought I would say this, but I am convinced that Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to finish this season with the Blackhawks. Oh, I think that you're
1: absolutely right. And the one thing I have heard around people around the Blackhawks is that his attitude has been unbelievable. He is, you know, the of same course. flower. Yes, exactly, that we've seen his entire career, um, even though things are not going well in front of him or for him. Um, I would be shocked at this point if he's not moved at the trade deadline. I think the bigger questions looming in Chicago is what now, right? Like, do you just rip off the Band-Aid when the public trust is so low? and just totally start fresh. And what I'm talking about here is Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays. And I wonder what their futures in Chicago are in now. And it all depends on their commitment level if they want to stay here or if they want to leave. And to be honest, I don't know those answers right now, but I do think that's going to be big conversation this summer, um, whether those guys stick around or whether they try to find somewhere else and chase another Stanley Cup before their careers are over.
0: Boy, that would be very intriguing with those big names and their experience going to a contending team. So obviously we'll be watching that uh, as long as we're on this subject and it's connected with the Blackhawks. We're talking about the, you know, Brad Aldrich. And, um, you know, I was just reading on uh, Twitter uh, and Rick Westhead, the amazing reporter for TSN, um, he's saying that he, uh, he had the mother of John Doe, two on. Tonight, oh, gut wrenching interview. I watched it. It just, you feel with this woman. And I'm glad you watched. I mean, what other takeaways did you have with it? I mean, other than it's just, it's, it's so sad. Of course, John Doe too, was the former high school hockey player who was sexually assaulted back in 2013 by Brad Aldrich, who of course was connected to Kyle Beach in the Blackhawks organization. You know um, so she shared how the abuses affected her son. And, and and what did she say about Gary Bettman?
1: Do you recall that? I do recall that because it was pretty strong. Basically, I don't think this man is fit for this job. He doesn't care for young people. He doesn't care for young adults. And it's time for him to step aside.
0: Yeah, a strong statement. And uh, a lot of that kind of reaction coming uh, on social media after Gary Bettman's press conference last week, along with Bill Daly, But to hear it from the mother of John Doe, too, uh, very powerful. So. Then I'm I'm reading uh, the Twitter account from Rick Westhead, and he tweets out a letter that USA Hockey sent, Emily, to parents who had their hockey player children who might have been exposed to Brad Aldrich at hockey camps. I cannot even imagine, as a parent, getting a letter like this in the mail, and I want to read some of it because it's just, it's from USA Hockey, it's from their uh, executive director, Pat Kelleher. And imagine being, God forbid, a parent of a child that could have been exposed to Brad Aldrich at a hockey camp. And it starts out like this. You're receiving this letter, as our records indicate, you or your son was a participant, either as a player, official, coach or staff member at a USA Hockey national select camp between 2005 and 2008. You may have heard or read recent news related to abuse of a former Blackhawks player by a video coach named Bradley Aldrich. While we have never received any reports of abuse by Aldrich during any USA Hockey activity, he was involved in a USA Hockey select camp in which you slash your son participated we are reaching out to former camp participants to make them aware of how they can report if they were subject to or were aware of any abuse while at the camp or at any other time. God, I'm so
1: disturbed just thinking about this.
0: (laughs) Yes, I mean, it's like the way this thing started, the reason why I wanted to read this first paragraph, Emily, it's like something, it's like I could compare it to your cable bill. It's almost like that same tone of like, oh, by the way, we've had power outages in your area. And, you know, we hope to uh, fix the situation. Uh, Were you affected by this? And, you know, it's just really, and and at the end of the whole thing, there's a few other paragraphs, but at the end, it's best regards, Pat Kelleher. I don't even know if this guy wrote the letter. Who writes best regards after sending that letter? Seriously. Do you
1: know what I heard when you were reading some of those passages? Legalese. I, I feel like all of this is legal. We were never made aware, just to make sure that they assert that. But let me tell you, Linda, I've heard from various athletes, a woman, a very prominent member of the U.S. women's national hockey team, who said, "I'm just so disturbed to think that he was exposed to us and exposed to so many athletes in this time." And and that's the thing that's just hard to get your head around. Um, just you know the neglect and the um, sorry, five for three, two, one. Sorry, Linda, Christina, we're doing so well. Five for three, two, one. The neglect by the Chicago Blackhawks to do the right thing at the time could have led to so much more harm.
0: Uh, Well, and if they took control, and you know, we we talked about it, these things never would have happened. There would never have been a John Doe two, and God forbid other John Does. I mean, we don't know once. But getting this letter in the mail, worst nightmare for a parent, uh, right up there. Okay, so which brings me to a story that we found out about late last week. I wanted to give it. this is something that, speaking of just things that make me sick and I'm disgusted with, is uh, what happened in uh, rural Pennsylvania uh, last week. Uh, Katanning, it's where it was. Let me give you a backstory, Emily. I know you know about it, but a group of high school students in Katanning, Pennsylvania, it's about 40 miles from Pittsburgh, have now been banned from attending hockey games this season after they chanted, quote, suck, our," And she's uh, at a female goalie during a game last week. The deplorable moments all went down when Mars Area High School took on Armstrong High School at Belmont Sports Complex near Katanning last Thursday. Several students decided to hurl these disgusting, vile words at the Mars goalie. In a video from the game, the chants can be heard loud and clear Footage shows they lasted for several seconds each. Moore's coach, Steve Meyer, said his players heard the words from ice level and they actually left his goalie in tears. After the game, the Armstrong principal, Kirk Lorigan, said he was appalled by the actions of his students and took swift action against them. He banned the entire student body from attending future games this year, but the gist of it, this is this. And of course the principal apologized to Mars and the female goalie. Um, We will continue to do our best to change these behaviors. There are parents in that crowd, Emily. I, I just don't understand. And here's the connection why this makes me sick. Back in the day, decades ago, me, I played on a boys team, not only in high school, But in leagues before I reached high school, when I started when I was 14, I could only play with boys that were significantly younger than me, Hmm. because when I was 14, the rules said that I cannot play hockey with 14-year-old boys. I had to start play with eight-year-old boys, and I soon graduated to 12-year-old boys. It's so messed (laughs) up on so many levels to begin with. Right? I mean, it's so...
1: I I mean, I I, think we take so for granted that there's girls teams now that girls can play on and be around other girls their age. Like there's so many women like you who have that experience.
0: And this young gal, she's a great goalie playing with the boys. And and the situation for me, I got some weird looks. People didn't understand why there was a ponytail on the back of my head coming out of my mask. What is that a girl? What's going on? You know what? What's happening? But I never. Never. I mean, we're talking back in the day. I'm talking like, you know, mid to late 70s. I never faced that kind of disgusting language. I never heard it, any of it. Um, You know, maybe it was out there, but to have student chants from the bleachers. And so I, um, you know, there's a a colleague of ours, Denny Wolf, uh, who said, hey, Linda, he knew about my background. And he said, I'm going to talk. He had a connection with the family, and the family's trying to lay low right now. But myself, Cami Granado, who is obviously an all time great, we have made overtures to mm-hmm. try to talk with this girl to help her, um anything we could do. We've done that. and um, you know we're' we're in a holding pattern right now, and I respect the family's wishes. But I did say this, and then I'll let you chime in because I know that I'm sorry. I'm just really passionate about this um. I hope she does come around and wants to not only talk to us, but tell her story. Because I think when you're a victim, whether it's verbal abuse like this, or, you know, obviously something, uh, assault, you know, you re- you, you, it, to, to keep it to yourself is not good. It's not healthy. And, you know, I just hope she eventually, if not talking to us, but can tell her story to someone That can help other young women who are dealing with this. And it's just frightening, Emily, that this stuff, this crap still is going on. And I'm sorry, parents have to take responsibility.
1: That's such a strong message that you had, because I think it's so true when we talk about victims. And I hope there's a way that she can feel empowered where she can take back the story and it's her story now. And we can focus on what she's doing on the ice and how it affected her and how she overcame it, hopefully. And I think she will. Um, You know, the thing that I keep going back to when I heard this was John Tortorella, our colleague, when he was on the point talking about the Blackhawks situation, he's like, how did not one person say, hold up, let me do the right thing. One person is all it takes. And if you think of a hockey arena with two teams, with officials, with crowds, like you said, full of parents, full of school administrators, it's pretty disturbing to think that that game was able to go on. And I hope these are the messages that we're taking away from these two really disturbing stories is that it can be anyone. Anyone can do the right thing and speak up for what's right. And we're talking about a completely different story if that's the case today. And we're not talking about this poor girl who had to go through something unthinkable.
0: I love that. The game should have been stopped immediately. That's it. End of story. Stop it. And then kick out the counseling that girl that it's not her fault that the game was canceled i mean it left her in tears these morons i don't know but you're right it should have been stopped and that would have made a big uh statement uh for sure so we wish her the best and we hope she can share her story if she chooses to but it would help a lot of others sadly this still goes on okay I think we need to talk Ohio. about. Yeah, go
1: ahead. No, I think we need to talk about some positive things because this is just. Yes, been kind that's of what depressing.
0: I'm going to tell you. Oh, good. I know. I had an exciting week. Okay. Um, on Friday, I covered, uh, I was in between the benches for the LA Kings against the Devils. I saw an amazingly exciting game. And I think I'm kind of good luck for the Kings. I think wherever I go, I'm good luck. Yeah, of course. You're like Forrest Gump. Wherever <laughs> you go, big things happen. Exactly. I'll take that as a compliment. And Everyone then, uh, loves Forrest but, Gump, Linda. I know. I said, I'll take that as a column. Do you I know, know it took me like decades to watch Forrest Gump, to see the movie? Really? I almost thought about going, yes. I almost thought about going through my entire existence, being the only human not seeing Forrest Gump. That would have been a huge mistake. That's a weird help. Because obviously, I-, I know, I know. That would have been tough. It's like how I would react when someone says to me, they never saw the movie E.T. I go, what? That is one of my top 10 movies of all time. I loved E.T. It is so amazing. And Emily, you better have told me that you, ha- I know it's a 1982 film. I watched so it as a child. Please Don't you tell worry. me you saw E.T. I saw it as a child. My mother raised me right. She is amazing, your mother. I knew that already. Not but now that just adds some icing on the cake. All right. So L.A. King. So first of all, you know how you go to Morning Skate? Because that's how we do it. We're reporters. We get good stories. And I'm all over. So I was there. But the Kings <laughs> had their Morning Skate at uh the toyota performance center in el segundo that was the good news because it's close to where i live but then i had to go all the way so there i talked to kopi you know andre kopitor alex Ayofalo, and uh, adrian Kempe. they nice. all had a hand they all made had a great game that night okay being the devils so then i had to go to the staples center in the morning to talk to the devils where i talked to Mackenzie blackwood who couldn't have been more honest with me <clears throat> i was able to You know, talk with him in the morning. I just had to hold the story that he was starting, you know, that night. But when he said how tough the decision was that he didn't want to get a vaccine, you know, he had to. He goes, that's the way it is. I want to play hockey, but I never wanted to get the vaccine. And he said that to me. And it's just, you know, and then he's getting the other one this week. And so he can go to Canada when they play in Canada in early December. And he had a great game. And then I talked to uh, Nico Heischer. And I'm his biggest fan because, Emily, I, first of all, I found out he's not the youngest captain in the league. Brady Kachuk has overtaken Nico Hesher. Oh, by the way, alert the media. He is not the youngest captain of the league. By the way, I but love he's that un- move by the senators. I think it's a fantastic move. He is such a good captain. There it is. And we'll get to Brady Kachuk at another episode because I know... Well, I love Matthew Kachuk and so do you, but we'll find time. Oh, and his brother is just as feisty, if not feistier. Yes. So, um, but the whole thing is with, um, with uh, Nico Heischer, you know, he told me that it's, you know, he, he puts a lot of pressure on himself and he does better when he puts pressure on himself. He is a captain. He learned a lot from Andy Green, the former devil as a captain, Mm -hmm. but it's a struggle this year. You know, he's he. I know last year he got hurt a lot and missed about twenty five, twenty six games. But this year, I believe he only has one or two goals. He only he had one when I spoke with him on Friday. And when you're the captain of a team and you're not producing, you could say anything you want, but it's tough. So he tries to contribute in other ways. And he does so not only on the ice, but off. But um, I asked him, I go, how do you deal with it when things are not going your way? And he told me he picked up meditation a year and a half ago, Emily. Mm. And he said it really helps calm him down and makes all the pressure go away. I thought that was very enlightening. And he's just a good kid. And he's only a kid, Nico Heischer. Sure, Does he meditate before games or at night to go to bed? Usually, uh, it, he didn't. It wasn't specific, but I believe it was before he goes to bed. It's, I don't think there's a spot in a, an arena where you can, you know, unless you find some closet. I mean, it just, there's no, pl- I don't, know. we've been to arenas. Where do you meditate in an arena, Emily? I think what fans don't realize is when you walk into an arena on game
1: day, especially the lower bowl, like where the locker rooms are. Yes. And it's like an hour and a half before the game. It like feels like it's just festering with hockey players standing in these weird crevices doing some weird stretches or some weird yeah. like superstitious routine. Like you turn a corner and there's like a broom closet. You see a guy like stretching out his hammy or something like it's just a very strange setup. So no, I don't know where they would meditate. I like the Devils this year. I think they're taking a step forward, which is pretty much what their whole goal was. Like I don't think they thought they were going to be a playoff team this year. They just wanted to play meaningful games at the end of the year. And it's trending that way. Um, I will say one of our ESPN plus games of the week this week is the Panthers and the Devils. Um, I'm curious about that game, but I have to tell you, Linda, I love the Panthers. There's two teams in the league that I find myself if they're on and I want to watch. One is the Panthers, that statement win they had without Sasha Barkov against the Carolina Hurricanes was just showed how strong they were as a team. And the other is the Oilers. I can't get enough of them. Connor McDavid with the audacity to dangle through four defensemen for that goal and then the look on his face afterwards I'm like how would you miss one of their games because you can miss a moment like that
0: I already looked at the schedule to see when the Oilers are coming out to LA no uh true story but uh those four, four what those four defenders were all New York Rangers who were also marveling at what was <laughs> going on with Connor McDavid at the time but I I I know I'm a little bit hard on them but you know he, it's impossible to stick check a guy uh, we are a reactive society, especially in sports. And uh, I YouTubed uh, top 10 Connor McDavid goals, and they're all great, okay? They're all great. Is this the, there were people out there in media land saying, this is the greatest goal I've ever seen. Um, I don't think so. You know, when people say that, I know why they say it. They want cloud on Twitter that night. There you go. That's it's like it was an amazing goal. It might be his best goal, but it isn't the NHL's best goal I've ever seen. That one from 06 from Alex Ovechkin. Oh, by the way, when he used every part of his body while falling down, you know, to score. That's up there in all-time great goals, period. Merrick Malik's shootout is there for me. Oh, shootout. Well, yeah, that was personal (laughs) for us. My God, that was like the first year of shootouts. It It went a million ways. I remember where I was. I called in my kids. Say, you got to see this. You got to see this, this shootout. It was such a novelty at the time. Mm -hmm. And then him, of all people, winning it. But that's just a couple of us Rangers fans talking about that. Uh, So um, Connor McDavid... He's amazing. Uh, like their power play, him and Dreisaitl leading the way. It's like at 50% or 48% last I looked. It's unheard of. Can they keep this up? We'll have to see. But at least they have such character guys now, depth. We're going to be talking about them all season long. So I do not want to, you know, kind of like exhaust every episode with the Oilers. But if any guy deserves attention and what he's doing is Connor McDavid. But we are so early in the campaign, Emily you know what, which we didn't see coming and, mo- and we're, we're not alone. One of the California teams going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be the ducks or the Kings, maybe even the sharks, but one of these teams, and I, I put less promise in the sharks, either the ducks or the Kings. I believe what both of them are doing. We didn't see this coming. Nobody saw it coming. I'm not being reactive. I'm not being overreactive. I'm being truthful. I've covered both of them. One of those teams making the postseason. Yeah, I think everyone before the year was so hot on the Kraken and just,
1: you know, because why not? Why can't they make the plans? And they still can. But looking at the start they had, I feel like the spot that everyone designated for the Kraken will probably go to one of those Cali teams. By the way, another team on uh, another game on our network this week. We've got a lot of ESPN Plus games is the Kraken versus Golden Knights.
0: I'm intrigued by that one. Uh, Again, I mean, how many times have they faced each other? They faced each other twice. Now this would be the second time I was at the game opening night with Kevin weeks and we had a great game. And, um, and that was an exciting game. That's when I was like, Oh, the Kraken are making me look good because I picked them to go to the playoffs and they hung in there and they got a bad, they got the, you know, uh, what's the the short stick of a bad call that whole kicking thing. Yeah. I still don't get it. I had like the, I had, uh, guys from the nhl emailing me saying linda i know what you're saying but you know uh, whatever uh john tortorella agreed with me emily that's all i have to tell you torts agreed with me and if torts agreed with me then i know i'm accurate
1: i to think about torts now that we work with him all of the torts lovers are coming out of the woodwork former players coaches everyone i talked to is like how's torts doing he's wonderful
0: everyone loves him <laughs> Yes, where were they before? He, he's wonderful when he's not behind the bench coaching against my team. Exactly. <laughs> no, so you pick out some great games on ESPN Plus. That's really cool and exciting. And so, yeah, I mean, Vegas. Wow. So Jack Eichel, he actually spoke. I mean, I, I mean, I was trying, I'm sure you were. You, we were probably all doing our due diligence. He appears on The Point. Now he's talking to the media. I thought we, we, some, one of us could get him for a sit down but he's talking to everybody. So who cares? But I thought it was interesting. He spoke uh, today as we as we talk on Monday, um, he spoke about that he really believes a decision like a medical decision, which of course, this is what it all came down to with Buffalo and the next surgery. And he wanted to do the kind he wanted and Buffalo wanted to do another one. Well, he said it should be a collaboration. He doesn't understand why teams are allowed to make that decision. And he's hoping that him standing up can help other players who find themselves in this situation and i was proud of jack eichel that he spoke up and said that the issue is is that the rule as it was written in the
1: and in the cba was never meant to create the situation teams were supposed to um look at any reasonable um options but the word reasonable might be the vaguest word in the english dictionary and obviously the buffalo sabres had a very different definition of it than jack eichel but you know it is the rules they're Poorly written rules. The players agreed to the rules. Back to our previous episode. If the players want change and it goes within their own organization, they've got to speak up. So you've got to get more groundswell of support than just the guys that it
0: affects. Right. I got to say this. I've told you, I was like, Emily, remind me to say this and talk about it. Um, so my daughter, Sammy, who is your <laughs> age, and we talk about her a lot, right? She she works for uh, Linktree. You know, that cool thing when oh, you put cool. everything together. Yeah, yeah. One social media account, somehow I'm going to figure out to join that and do that. You know, you you can put the podcast with all your things. You should do that, Emily. You have a lot of stuff. You're making so many strides, Linda. You get on Zoom every week. That's not something you were doing a couple months ago. (laughs) I know, right? So anyway, so Sammy and I, you're going to laugh, okay? Your mom probably can relate to this in a way. So I grew up sharing music with Sammy, pop music, like my favorites as a kid. So I loved one of the groups I loved. Before Mama Mia came out, I loved ABBA. When ABBA yeah. was making hits in the mid-70s and early 70s, I love ABBA. So I turned that on to my daughter, Sammy, who's now 30-year-age. And so anyway, long story short, we, she said to me, we were looking around. Don't, don't say anything, if you know. But she's like, Mom, you're not going to believe this. And you know, I love going to concerts. Mm-hmm. She goes, Mom, you're not going to believe this. ABBA is reuniting in London. I go, let's go. Let's plan a trip to London, right, Emily, to see ABBA. Because you're thinking, hey. When is it? Oh, well, here we go. It was in the summer, okay, this summer. So two nights ago, Sammy calls me up. She goes, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm thinking there's a few shows. Let's go on this night. And we're figuring out the itinerary, right? Oh no! And then I go, and I go, what kind of arena is this? She goes the name, and she tells me the name of the arena. It's like the Voyage Arena, named for Abba, whatever. All right, it's so great, right? I I got to lead up to this. So then I go, okay, let me Google the show and see what's up, and let me see what how many people sit. You know how big this arena is. Where should we sit? Right. This is what you do before you buy the tickets. So then I'm looking at the article. I'm on the phone with Sammy. And I go, Sammy, you're not going to believe this. We just dodged a bullet. Oh, no, the show is virtual. Abba, as they looked back in the day as youngsters. No, you know, what is yes. that? And the and the actual group is not performing. They're like in the back somewhere. They made these these virtual images, Emily. That's- Can you imagine if we would have spent the money to go to London to show up? Unbelievable. We were like rejoicing over the phone. And I go, Sammy, I got to share this story to Emily on our podcast. She goes, go ahead. That's incredible. I feel like it's like an episode of Black Mirror
1: or something. <laughs> yes, Black Mirror. Great show on Netflix.
0: During oh the during the
1: lockdown, I started watching this. Well, I think you guys should just go to London anyway. That's my takeaway. Yeah,
0: Well, I think what, what we're going to do, I said in the summer, you know, non-hockey season after somebody wins the Stanley cup, we're going to, I've never, I, you know, how I grew up loving the Beatles. I never been to Liverpool and that's like hours away from London. I've been to London and I love London, but we might do a, like a, 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 that was another group I shared with my daughter when she was a little girl in the throughout, you know, so we might do a Liverpool trip, like a Beatles Liverpool thing in the
1: summer. Love so that. there's that. I'm toying with the idea of going to London over Christmas. That was something that popped into my head this year. I might just do Very it. Very cool. Chelsea plays the next day on the twenty-sixth. Aston Villa get to go to Stamford yes. Bridge. My little sister That's is going to be jam. I know she's going to be there celebrating with uh, Christmas with her boyfriend in Wales. Maybe I have a Welsh Christmas. Who's to say? So I will oh, say I this: I'm that going idea. on vacation this week, Linda. I'm already thinking nice. my next vacation, but I will be gone starting Wednesday night. I said Gary Bettman can fall out of a cab and break his nose, don't contact me. (laughs) Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. But the thing I would never miss is this podcast. So you'll hear us again on Thursday. And I've got a special story that's going to be airing on The Point. It was something kind of secretive that I did today. Secret mission, a day trip I took. And uh, we'll talk about it
0: all next episode. Uh, Two things. I look forward to that story with all my heart. I, I let you in on the secret. It's good, isn't it? Yes, I will not tell a soul and I'm thrilled, ecstatic. You deserve a vacation. While you're vacationing in an unknown destination, I will be uh, enjoying my birthday, which is this Wednesday. Um, So I'm going to do that. And it's such a great birthday. I'm taking two days off, which is tomorrow as well, Tuesday. So I'm taking the ninth and 10th off and I'm spending it with my amazing daughter. um, And uh, we are going to have well, these are things that I think about very food options that normally I don't eat. Linda and I are both very food motivated. I create my entire days and trips and
1: vacations <laughs> and trips to cities around what I'm eating. So, yes, I, I love totally relate to this. What
0: are you guys eating? Well, um, Italian, of course, mm. Mm. the night before. Right. And then waking up, she's staying over, which I love. And then we're waking up, of course, having breakfast and pancakes will be on the menu. Let's just say. A nice fluffy pancake. What a good mother. Yes. Yes. What a great daughter. Living our best lives, Emily. We are. Now I'm going to go make dinner because I'm hungry. Okay. Now I'm hungry. Sounds good. I'm ordering in. (laughs) (laughs) Leftovers for me. Uh. Okay. Before we let you go, we want you all to go. Please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst, Marcus Spears, he's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, Perk! With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey, with can't-miss conversations, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.